Glory be to Jesus. And I believe that God is going to give somebody an encounter in this service. And in the multitude of words, you will hear your own word. Somebody, your revelation is coming today. In the precious name of Jesus. What a joy to see everybody in church today. Uh, I want you to uh, uh, please help me welcome everyone joining us online. All the people joining us online. Praise God. I want to welcome you very specially, wherever you're joining us from, from all around the world. I want to take distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the preaching and teaching of God's word. Uh, I know that God has a word for you. And if you open up your heart, you know, the Bible says the same word that was preached to us was preached to them, but it did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in their heart. Uh, there's something about the word of God meeting expectation, meeting faith in your heart. Uh, when the word of God meets faith and meets expectation in your heart, it has a promise of radical life transformation. So please open up your heart and get ready to be blessed uh, by the teaching and preaching of God's word. Well, I'm speaking today on what I've titled, How to Achieve More with Less. How to Achieve More with Less. If you haven't been in church and you haven't been joining online, uh, you may not know that we've been on the teaching series that we've called The Creator's DNA. We'll be speaking to our creativity, the creator's DNA, the creator's DNA. And as we wrap up this series today, because we're moving to the month of December, I'm looking at how to achieve more with less. How to achieve more with less. Uh, By the way of recap, we started uh, the creator's DNA talking from Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. Uh, And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the water. Uh, In the beginning, God created. Is is, is it not uh, something to note and something that's important? That the introduction of God to man, according to all his scriptures, the first introduction of God to man uh, happened to be God the creator. God the creator. And it speaks volume as to the fact that God wanted us to know him as the creator as a creative God, as a solution provider, as the one, you know, who can make a way out of no way. So the Bible started Genesis chapter 1, the first verse. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created. Yeah, God created the heavens and the earth. So my God and your God is a creative God. It's a creative God. You know, if you function maybe in the entertainment industry or, you know, or arts and entertainment, generally they always refer to themselves as creatives, as if the rest of us are not creative. (laughs) And I'm not ditching that in any way. I'm just saying that we are all creatives. Yeah, let me tell you, I'm I'm, I'm creative. Uh, See, I have the capacity, God-given capacity to create. Glory be to God. Yeah. So if you're not a musician, if you're not a poet, if you're not an artist, you are still a creative. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I I have a lot of such people around me, you know, musicians, uh, you know, different people around me. And, you know, they always just look at themselves, you know, we creatives. What are you talking about? Yeah. We are all creative. Yeah. We're just creative in different ways. All right. Creative in different ways. Uh, you know, anytime I'm, I'm holding interviews and you see somebody comes in, maybe in dreads and all that, you know it's one of them. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> Almost, you know, all the people who work in Nollywood, uh, film industry and all that, they just want to look weird just to show that they are creative. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on your case today, all right? <laughs> but, but uh, uh, you know, Maybe in my second coming, I'll also do my dreads, you know. <laughs> but the, the, the real issue is that I'm also creative. Yeah. So I'm not going to allow the looks to separate us. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, and their looks, great looks, because it just easily positions them. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, easily positions them. You, you know, when you see the creatives, you know, but we are all creative. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> We are all creatives. We are all creatives. Can you let me tell your neighbor again? Say, I'm, I'm creative. I'm say, I create solutions. Uh, say, I cannot be stranded. I say, I believe there's always a way. I and I create solutions. 
Glory be to God. Yeah. So God is a creative God and he was introduced to us as a creator. You know, God could have been introduced and there are other introductions of God all through the Bible according to his abilities and capacity. God, the creator, the sanctifier, I mean, the, the holy God, uh, the benevolent God, the merciful God, all kinds of sides of God that you and I need to know. But one side of God that we're emphasizing this season is God, the creator. And you and I have the creator's DNA. It resides on our inside. And from time to time, we need to wake it up. Wake it up, in fact, live consistently in the reality of it. We have to live consistently in the reality of it. And to be able to achieve more with less, one of the things that, I, that is important is your ability to live in the reality of uh, God, the creator, living on my inside. Because in that same Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The heart was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. What he was seeing was very discouraging. Yeah. But he was not stranded because he is the creative God. There was a way out of the darkness and the, 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 the formlessness of, um, of the earth and all that. God made something out of that situation. Can you hear me tell your neighbor, say you can do more with less? Through God's creative ability that is inside of you. Glory be to God. So there's a seed of greatness in every man which is the divine capabilities of God. God expects that you discover it, develop it, multiply it uh, for the benefit of all. Yeah, that's what God expects. And one of those seeds is a seed of creativity that we need to wake up from time to time. That seed of creativity, we need to wake it up. We need to wake it up. The only issue that we're confronting for, for many people is that when we find ourselves with little, when we find ourselves in situations that are, you know, very limiting, rather than waking up the divine abilities of God within us, we start to pander to excuses. Yeah. We start to pander to excuses. You know, God could have looked at the earth, you know, the way it was at the point where Genesis 1 was being written, or was uh, the situation that God could have looked at the earth and feel it was bad, it was dark, it was formless, void, nothing was inside of it. Okay, I'll create another planet. Let me just move on. This one is wasted. That's how some people see their business. That's how some people see their marriage. That's how some people see, you know, many things. That's how some people see the life of their children. That's how some people see many things. You just see stuff and you just, this one is dark, is gloomy, is, you know, void. There's nothing in it. It has finished. You know, how are you seeing things around you? Yeah. Even when they look void, formless, you know, and, and dark, how are you interpreting it? Because God could have seen that and taken it as a reality. Sometimes the reality is not enough. The possibility is more than the reality. And there's a difference between reality and possibilities. God dwells in the realm of possibilities, not only in the realm of reality. And if I want to walk with God and maximize God, I must also have a penchant for walking in possibilities. And that's how I start to wake up the creative ability of God in me. So you either make excuse or excuses or make progress. You can't have both. That's how life is. You can't have both. You either make excuses or you make progress. You either make excuses or you make progress. Our excuses are attempts to mask the inadequacies that keep us from making progress. I'm going to be on somebody's case today. Get ready for me. Yeah. If you manufacture excuses, we're going to shut down your factory today. Yeah, that's why you're in this service. We're here to shut down that factory. Because somebody has been manufacturing excuses all through this year. I'm here today by the power of the Holy Ghost to shut down that factory. Amen. Only two people believe me. <laughs> Glory be to God. See, you need to understand the power of excuses at limiting possibilities. It is big. 
Many people are on the same spot today, not because God is not powerful, not because God is not merciful, but because they have chosen to hold on to their excuses so much, romancing it on a daily basis to the point that the excuses have multiplied and have almost, you know, scuttled creativity completely. Because those two things don't exist together. Yeah, they don't exist together. They don't, is it that you make or manufacture excuses or you make progress? You can't do the two together. Yeah. People who manufacture excuses don't, don't make real progress in life. Because they always have a reason why something is not happening. And what a way to kill your creativity. What a way to scuttle possibilities when you are given to excuses. When you're given to excuses, you ask somebody, why are you not happy? It's because, <laughs> it's because, it's because, it's because of this. Yeah. I remember in, uh, the early days of our marriage, I think I've shared it before. Some people here will be, uh, by now, it's boring to you that I'm saying it, but I'll continue to say it until Jesus comes. Yeah. You know, in the early days of our marriage, I used to just come home and sometimes I just tell my wife, this marriage is boring. I'm not happy. This can be better than this. And my wife would tell me, am I your comedian? <laughs> or what exactly are you trying to? Because the truth was that she knew I was coming after her because I would then look for somebody to blame. See, you can't be blaming people and be creating solutions at the same time. No, no. It is when you take responsibility for what is not working that you start to energize yourself, allow the Holy Spirit to energize you from within to access God's creative ability. Yeah, to access God's creative ability. Let me get into the scriptures a little bit. There are, I'll use two people or maybe, yeah, or more in this message to explain what I'm saying because I need somebody to leave this service with a determination that I'm going to be killing excuses as they come. How many people can really live with cockroaches in your house? Yeah. Somebody already said ew. Uh -huh. Yeah. But you know, that's how excuses are. Yeah. So you wake up in the morning, you have like two cockroaches. One is flying, one is crawling. <laughs> you know, the next thing you're going to do is that you're going to look for a way to kill them. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. And if you don't like killing them, then you open the window or something. Just let them crawl out or go. But most people here, I know you. Yeah. See that you find a spray or you find something, broom. Some people are not even going to look for anything. Just remove your shoe. Just, just throw it at them. Yeah. Because you just, just feel like, no, this is not okay. Yeah. And it shows that the place is dirty, you know, and all that. Because I, I mean, this is also Africa where everything is spiritual, you know? Yeah. Because some people will not sweep their house and they will see cockroaches. Hey, blood of Jesus. With blood of Jesus. <laughs> Kill it and sweep their house. <laughs> some people will see cockroaches and say, Yeah, they have come. Who has come? <laughs> Nobody came. It's cockroach. Yeah. And it's because your house is dirty. Yeah, and you need to clean out, spray the place, let it smell nice, you know, and all that. And that's it. How someone is following me today. But the same way we, we, we refuse to cope with such things is the same way, the same attitude that we must engage when it comes to limiting excuses. You have to treat them like cockroaches. Yeah. You have to be willing to treat them like cockroaches. That's the only way that your creativity, your capacity to solve problems will start to, you know, be engaged. So in the scriptures, Matthew 25, Matthew 25, uh, uh, from about verse 19 downwards, you read about the parable of talents. You know, uh, last Sunday, Mr. Alda spoke about that a little bit also. But let, let's, you know, get into it uh, 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 a little bit in this service. Uh, they, 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 you know, the, the place where I wanted to get for me was the one talent guy. That's the guy I'm looking at. One talent guy. All right. The Bible says that a master was going on a long trip and he committed money because talent was money. 
yeah, committed money into people's hands. Gave one, five. Gave another one, two. Yeah. And then gave one, one. And the Bible says he gave according to their ability. You can handle this, so take it. So you can't come back and tell me you can't handle it. Yeah. Because I gave according to your ability. But what, 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 what then happens, the guy came back after many years and he says, look, I am God, the businessman, God, the capitalist. I entrusted money into your hand. I don't want story. Yeah. Maybe if you come another day, you can make God the benevolent or the merciful. Who understand stories. Yeah. But follow me. I'm going somewhere today and you need to get this. So this God, the businessman, the capitalist, put money in people's hands. Talents. Naira, dollar, pound sterling, whatever. And this guy came back. You know the story. To make the person who gave it look bad. As if the person just added to his body or our body. The Bible says, then he who, verse 24 of Matthew 25, then he who received one talent came and said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid. Fear is always a factor. Yeah, fear is always a factor. Fear is always a factor in all this matter. Fear is always a factor. The reason why some people are so used to their excuses is fear. In fact, some people have de 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 you know, developed a romantic relationship with their excuse. Yeah. So it's like a lover that you don't want to allow to go. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Because if you ask somebody now, um, why, why is this happening? Why haven't you been able to move you know, this business forward? Or why... Why is your marriage still like this? Or why are you not always happy? They will always find something to say. Why are you not always happy? It's my husband. Why are you not always happy? It's my boss. Nobody can have that kind of boss and be happy. <laughs> and so we generalize a lot. And, you know, put all kinds of things, you know, on the table as the excuse for why some things are not happening. This guy said, I was afraid. So I went, so I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord, but his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. At my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. God said, the least you can do is what I would have done if I'm busy and I can't do anything with it. At least give it to somebody who can do something with it and I'll get something back in return. And you know what God did? I mean, what the master of, of this servant did there? He said, therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten. This does not make sense. Like, how can God be behaving like this? Somebody already has 10. That said you should add more to that person and you left somebody empty. And you are the God of all of them. That's the way the African mind will rationalize this because we're very emotional. But here we're not dealing with God the benevolent. We're dealing with God the capitalist who places a demand for creativity and innovation and who insists that if I put something in your hand, multiply it. Multiply. Turn it around. Multiply it. Multiply it. Multiply it. And you know the problem most of the time is that people think that the more I pray, the more I can make God turn. So from God, the businessman or capitalist who will place a demand on me, if I pray a lot, it will just turn to God the benevolence, the merciful and we overlook it and go. Sometimes, I tell you for free today, write it down. Sometimes God turns that same back until you learn your lesson. Yeah. It will remain like that until you learn your lesson. Yeah. Because it's interested in your growth, not just your happiness. <laughs> yeah. If you are a father and a good father, are you only interested in the happiness of your son or daughter and not their growth? 
And God said, if you being evil, you know how to give good gift to your children, how much more me? That means if you being evil also, and you want your children to grow, how much more me? Nobody only wants somebody to be happy and they're not growing. Yeah. Because many people feel like the more I pray, God will just turn from being the one who is demanding to the one who just will be massive. The problem with excuses is that whatever side of God you are appealing to, God still does not take excuses. And I'm going to explain it. God still does not take excuses. He wants us to, to, you know, to imbibe his capacity. There are people, I mean, that's why some Christians will continue to live in sin and, and feel like God should understand. Yeah, because he's a merciful God. and the God of all grace. All right? And he has made provision to forgive us every sin. The one we will commit, the one we have not committed, Jesus has died. And I agree. And that's the gospel. Because Jesus died and paid the price for my sins, even before I was born. So everything I've credited into my account, Jesus already paid for it. The only problem is that it will hinder my progress. It will destroy some things in my hand. Yeah, notwithstanding how, you know, your, your level of competence, if you continue to misbehave, what you have built will come down in your lifetime. It has happened so many times. We have seen it. So, at some, in, at some level, in the sin equation, don't over-focus on the merciful God. Focus on whether you will make progress or not. Because you can't be misbehaving and be progressing the right way. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Yeah. Many people dodge. They need to build endurance. They need to build, you know, tenacity and over leverage God for their weakness. I was in a counseling session one day where a lady had come to report her husband that he was cheating. And this time around, it's not the type that you'll be saying is not true because he was caught red-handed. So we're not sat in counseling and we're discussing. And, and the guy was like, eh, eh, you know, uh, she was pregnant and she didn't allow me to touch her and all that. In my mind, I was like, are you not the one that impregnated her? And if she's been sick and all that, you are saying that even if it's from day one of the pregnancy to the end, it's nine months. You cannot hold yourself for nine months. And you know, you rationalize it as God should understand. For what? Because God, the God who should understand also wants you to build endurance. Are we still together? Yeah. same God is also delighted when you're maturing, when you are growing, when you, are look at some, you can look at something, a temptation, and carry your eyes away. Angels are clapping for you. He said, my son has grown. My daughter is growing. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. But some people just want to over leverage grace and over leverage God. Where is the place of your growth and maturity? What about people who cave in at the face of any form of pain at all? Like children. I'm not feeling good in this marriage. I've been hurt over and over again. I'm not doing it again. You're not my friend again. <laughs> See, we all have a threshold for pain. But sometimes God puts you in a situation where he just wants you to be aware of your threshold for pain. That is too low, you're a child. Yeah. So you, you, you can't just be giving excuses anyhow. And you know, some people also, like I said, uh, that's a situation where some people get into, you're praying more and God is enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. At least I'm getting your attention. So pray more, pray more. But it doesn't mean that the moment you start praying, God will just turn it. Sometimes God just wants to see how well you have grown. Yeah. So you meet God the capitalist. 
Who would demand that you multiply whatever I put in your hand by force? And if you refuse to grow and leverage your creativity to do more with less, you may be stranded. The guy with one talent became stranded. Stranded with nothing. To him, uh, uh, that, that does not do anything with what he has been given, even what he has, will be given to another person. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about it? What kind of God gives somebody who already has 10 more and left somebody else stranded with nothing? It's just to display to us a side of God that we wish does not exist, but exists. <laughs> Glory be to God. Tell your neighbor it's a good Sunday to come to church. Because somebody, I'm sure I heard it from somebody's spirit. Why am I in church today? It's a good Sunday to be in church. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So, I need you to understand that God is placing a huge demand on our creativity, especially this season. Let me move a little further. In John chapter 5, you see another situation. John chapter 5 from verse 1. This was not a parable. This was a story of Jesus and what happened where Jesus went. Jesus, the Bible says, after this, from verse 1 of John chapter, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So this is a real issue, real place. Now there was in Jerusalem, by the ship gate, a particular location, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay great multitude of sick people. Blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. These people have been encountering God the benevolent, God the merciful. So they've been gathering there and expecting God to show up like that angel as God the merciful. who was just doing all kinds of stuff for them. The Bible says in verse 4, for an angel went at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever steps in first, after the steering of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Ah. Uh, the sick man answered and said, Sir, I have no man. Now, this is another situation, another man. This time around, God the merciful, which is the God of Africans, <laughs> show up, showed up. Yeah. I mean, what, when I say that, please record what I'm saying. I'm saying that that's the God that most Christians, they pass of the world, know as God. Yeah, that's the God we're used to the most. So in this situation, that God showed up as God the benevolence, God the merciful, who does not require anything. He just does what you want. But the power of excuse can be so strong in the life of a person so that whether God the capitalist shows up to demand what he should get from you or God the benevolence shows up to just help you Somebody with excuse can still miss out. Excuse mindset can still miss out. Because God the merciful showed up here. The only thing was that he didn't go straight. Because God sometimes wants to test the state of your heart. You know Jesus could have just gone there, walked up to him and just jack him up. And that's what most people want. But he came, do you want to be made whole? And the first thing the man will say is, I don't have any man. That means this excuse is his autoresponder to anything. You know, there's some people listening to me right now. Anything at all that you're challenged about, the first thing you remember is your uncle that did not pay your school fees. Yeah. If only my uncle paid when I got that admission to college, to university, my life would not be like this. Yeah. If only somebody did this or somebody did that, how long do you want to blame one person for an occurrence that even the person has forgotten? You know, in some people's cases, the person has died. 
The uncle died 10 years ago. The incident you're talking about 25 years ago. Why is it still coming up now? Because God expects that by now you will kill that excuse and take responsibility and challenge your creativity to pull beyond every limitation. Somebody still with me today? Yeah. And we have a penchant for recognizing the people that are not present when other people are present. Yeah. So God of the universe was present. The guy was still remembering the people that didn't help him. I have no man. So our problem is not the side that God turns to us. Our problem is our excuse. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. It's not about which side of God you are dealing with. It's about what excuse do you have? Because all through the Bible, time will not permit me, you see all kinds of you know, excuses that people brought up that nullify whatever capacity of God was available at any given point in time. Because if not, that mercy prevailed in this kind of situation. Yeah, you can imagine if everybody had one second. Next. Because this one is still saying, I have no man. Next. Yeah, because the answer is very simple. Do you want to be made? Oh, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. I've been here 38 years, sir. Yes, sir. No, 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 no. And forget about all the excuse. Yeah. Praise God. It's very important that we know that progress demands that we maximize what we have to achieve what we desire. That's the demand of progress, not excuses. Maximize what you have to get what you desire. In Luke chapter 9, and the story of feeding the 5,000, for Jesus feeding 5,000 people, you will see that the same issue you know, kind of came up there as well, where Jesus was asking them, where can we, you know, how can we feed these people? Uh, Luke chapter 9, can you put that up for me from verse 13? How can we feed these people? And people were saying all kinds of things, but he said to them, uh, 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 verse 12, let's go to verse 12, verse 12 quickly, verse 12, verse 12. When they began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, send the multitude away they may go into the surrounding time, towns and countries and lodge and get provision for we are in a desert place here. I see Jesus did not know that the place is a desert place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. Magnifying, you know, the situation. The Bible says for their were about 5,000 men in the place. They didn't count women and children. So there like 15,000 people there. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And he started giving instructions. The moment you won't accept people's excuse and you won't give yourself excuse, you start to access the creative power of God to think through situations and create solutions. Yeah, that's what happens. And all through the Bible, you will see situations. God is always doing more with less. Always doing more with less. In 2 Kings chapter 4, a woman, a widow woman, came to Elisha. My husband, your, your servant is dead, and the creditors have come to pick my children. And all that. 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1. And Elijah asked, Elijah asked, Elisha asked the, the, the widow, What do you have in your house? Tell me. What can I do for you? And the woman said, I have nothing but a jar of oil. And Elisha said, call your children. Go borrow vessels. When you have borrowed it, bring it in, shut the door on yourself, and start to pour. God is always doing more with less. If you want to fill drums, you need a tanker. How do you fill drums with a small jar? That's God's specialty. Yeah. Because some people only see you know, the jug, and they, they don't believe that all this will be filled. God wants to do more with less. So whether it's filling 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, or filling drums with just a jug 
God always wants to do more with less. The only problem with us is that when we see less, we start to give excuses. Yeah. When we see small, we start to give excuses. Right? And keen into the God who ditches all his excuses, you know, just ditch your excuse, throw them away, you know, and, and then get into God to understand what the solution could be. As I wrap this all up today, I'll make a few suggestions. Some tips to achieve more with less. You know the first tip, all right, which is murder your excuses. The moment you catch yourself wanting to excuse yourself because of someone or something, giving a situation as an excuse, catch yourself and say, no, I don't need any excuse. Something can be done. This can be turned around with the help of God and with the wisdom that God gives. There's always a way. There's always a way. If you press in, something will open up. Say amen, somebody. Let me tell your neighbor, say, there's always a way. Say, God is making a way for me. I will walk through it. Uh, say it better. Say, God is making a way for me. And I will walk through it. Glory be to Jesus. Somebody look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, say, your mind is open. Say, your heart is activated. Say, this week you are thinking right. Say, this week you are seeing solutions. Say so this week you are creative because you have God in you. Say so you will not be stranded again in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leveraging your creativity to achieve more with less. First thing I'll say here, I just have a couple of points and I'll shut this down. Be sensitive to your time and seasons. Yeah, be sensitive to your time and seasons. Be sensitive to your time and seasons. Why do you need to be sensitive to your time and seasons? There are different measures of creativity for different seasons. Paul writing in Philippians uh, chapter 4 from, from uh, verse number 12. He said, I've, I've, I've learned to abound. I know how to abase and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then in verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Yeah. It means doing all things there means that in different situations, I can discern the measure of creativity that is needed or the type of creativity that is needed. Sometimes, to, to be creative means to cut your coat according to your cloth, not your size. Yeah, because the cloth may tear if you do it according to your size. <laughs> or oh, I don't know, either way. But what I'm saying is that you do magic what is available. Some other times, creativity means a lot is available, and if we are not careful, it may be our undoing because we start to do stuff that will lead to wastage and all those kind of things. And Paul was saying, look, I know how to leverage God's creative ability in plenty and in little. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. What season of life are you? What measure of creativity is required of you right now? Are you in a season of scaling where you need to go borrow vessels and creatively borrow vessels and put them together where you may need to maybe access funding for your business and all that, are you in a season where what you have is, a, is enough to pull you through this season? Even if you have access to funding, you say no. And you creatively work your way through what is at hand. How oh, somebody's following me right now? Yeah. Because there's a measure of creativity that's needed for every season. When you lose focus of your season, you may not be able to. I mean, your creativity can be messed up. That's what I mean. Because it's not in line with the season. Secondly, feed your anticipation of success or achievement. Feed it, feed it, feed it. 
We live in a time where everything that can increase your anticipation or expectation of what God is about to do is under attack. So people are losing their sense of anticipation. God is saying, remember not the former thing, I'll do a new thing. And somebody is saying, I can't see it and there's nothing looking new around me and everything is going down, not going up. When that is happening, you lose your capacity for anticipation, for expectation. And when you, you have lost that capacity, you will lose your creativity with it. Yeah. Because with that capacity, when that capacity is going down, hope is going down. And hope has to be, hope has to be present for creativity, uh, for your creativity to start to flow. Yeah. So in Hebrews chapter 12, when you read from verse 2, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and I sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him, then he was able to endure the cross and despise the shame. What you're going through right now can look like the cross. And maybe it's very shameful. The capacity to endure it is what you are seeing. is promoted or fed by what you are seeing. What you are seeing. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm saying is that this is the season that you get closer to the word of God like never before. So you can see what God is saying concerning you, the covenant promises, and the things that build hope in us. The Bible says hope is not disappointed. I mean, uh, 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 does not disappoint. For the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's Romans 5 and verse number 5. So, God, God wants you to put this thing right ahead of you and continue to see it and continue to see it and continue to see it and continue to see it. Because when you're seeing something like Christ was seeing, the joy that was set before him, then it's difficult for the enemy to steal your sense of creativity and to see possibilities. Because it's when you continue to think possibility, possibilities that your creative juice starts to flow. There's no creativity when you say we have reached the end. When you say we have reached the end, everything in your system shuts down, closes up. Yeah. Because your system responds to what you are thinking and what you are saying. We are done. We are done. Yeah. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But you said, oh, so, so many possibilities. So many possibilities. Your system also starts to work and the Holy Spirit starts to work within you. To help you to see the possibilities. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised his shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God. So, one of the ways you track, I mean, you feed your anticipation is to track little wins with gratitude and expect uh, uh, more always. Just track your little wins with gratitude. Let me run out of time. But I, I, I see I have just one or two more things to say and I'll shut this down completely. Uh, I will also say be energized by divine revelation of your inherent capacity. It's just another way of saying what I've said before, but I need to say that. When God starts to speak to you and starts to put, you know, things in your heart, don't throw them away thinking that they are worthless. Sometimes some things will come as a simple idea, but it's a revelation from God. It's a revelation from God. When it, when it comes to you, it comes like just a simple idea. I've been in situations before where I'm just having a chat with one person. And in the middle of that chat, something strikes my heart. I don't file it away to oblivion, no. I, I keep it in such a way that I can go back to it and explore it. Because there's something in that thing that just occurred to me. In Genesis 31, Jacob gave an example of how he was in a dark street. And he had a dream. And in his dream, an angel of God spoke to him. You know, you can just wake up and discountenance it because you are in a terrible state and you just feel like it doesn't matter. Many people dream and they wake up. They don't do anything about it. Before the end of the week, they have forgotten the dream. Yeah, you need to learn to journal with your dream and write things down. Journal with your ideas. Write things down because you don't know when it will connect. 
I mean, if you read Genesis 31, you understand what I'm saying. Jacob was in a bad state. He had a bad boss, a bad business partner, whatever you want to call Laban. Laban employed his nephew, uh, Jacob, and dealt with him so seriously, the guy wanted to run away. Changed his salary, changed everything. And then at one point, he wanted to run away. Laban called him back. And this time around, this, uh, Jacob said, you know what? Uh, let's, re- let's rejig this contract. I know this is the proceed, animals. Share with me. Give me this small bit of it, the ones that have lines on them and specs on them. That's the one I have. Then your minority, right? Say yes. So they agreed. We'll separate them. Three days journey. Far from the main flock. So you are in charge of the main flock. Your sons will be taking care of this one. So you'll still be working for me. But Jacob had an encounter with God that sparked his creativity. See, when you allow God to infuse your mind, some things will start to occur to you. The only thing God wants is for you to be able to journal and put them down very well because you don't know when you will need them. Jacob just realized that from that conversation in a dream, there was a way to make animals produce what is not in their DNA. Plain animals can produce spotted and speckled which were hard to Jacob's salary. So all this cry, my salary is small, my salary is small. Eh? <laughs> you know, or I, want, I just want more, 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 more money. Some people want multiple sources of income and all that. It's by tasking your creativity, first and foremost. Yeah. God can use any means at all to add to your inflow when you choose to task your creativity. I hope somebody's getting me today. Yeah. Jacob could have been saying, you know, that's all I've got. But with God's divine ability, something turned around. All he needed to do was just to scrape some uh, branches of tree, put it in front of the plain animals. At the time they were mating and they were looking at it, they will pop out animals that have lines on them and have spots. And yet they are plain. That means it's not in their DNA. But with the supernatural biogenetic engineering that Jacob did not study in Harvard or Yale but by you know divine instruction and revelation knowledge the flock of Laban started to produce more of what belonged to Jacob to the point that Laban's children started saying ah this guy is wiping out our family yeah you know how to be going you know, or something. Just, just, that can happen when we leverage God's creative ability and the power of revelation within us. Lastly today, I just want to encourage somebody constantly seek to leave people, situations, and situations better than you met them. From Matthew 25 that we started from, that was God's demand. Every other person that came back, what was given them was not what they returned. If you lead a unit in your office and you are praying to God for promotion or you want another job, the big question you should ask yourself is, this unit I'm leading right now, is it the way it's always been? Because some people have run some things down and yet they are praying to God to promote them. You can't run things down. Always, see, if you want to do more with less, make up your mind. Make it your mantra. I will leave people, situations, circumstances, and things better than I met them. That way, you are challenging God to help you task his creative ability to turn things around. Yeah. A person with the Holy Spirit, who has the power of vision, does not see things the way they are. You see things the way they can be. I will say together. Yeah, yeah. That's the essence of the power of the Holy Spirit. That I don't see things the way they are, I see things the way they can be. And that is what helps me to put pressure on my creative ability, God's creative ability within me to come out. Because I don't want to live everything or see everything the way they are, but the way they can be. Yeah, the way they can be. The problem with the one talent guy was that he only saw that one talent the way it is 
And he thought the demand was bring it back the way it is. No. The demand was transform it, multiply it, change it, get result. And how is that going to happen? Leverage God's creative ability within you, man. No excuses. <laughs> that's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. I said, that's the God that we serve. Rise upon your feet, everyone. Rise upon your feet, everyone. Rise on your feet, everyone. Rise on your feet, everyone. I hope the message of today has challenged somebody. I hope the message of today has sparked something in somebody's mind. I hope the message of today has given somebody some sense of direction. I hope some, somebody today has been challenged to go and think and pray and let thinking and prayer connect and let the Holy Spirit ignite something new in your heart. But somebody is saying, a lot can still happen this year and I'm open to possibilities. A lot is ahead of me in the new year and I'm open to possibilities. And I will leverage God's creative DNA that is within me to make it happen. Lift your two hands to Jesus. If you can pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. Just, just ask him for wisdom to build capacity with little resources. Somebody who is asking for more, will you pray today? Say, Father, open my eyes to see what I can do with what I have. Open my eyes to see what I can do with what I have. Open my eyes to see what I can do with what I have. Let that be the prayer of your heart today. Say, open my eyes to see what I can do with what I have. Open my eyes to see what I can do with what I have. Let that be the prayer of your heart today. Pray in the spirit, pray in understanding. Asking God, say, Father, open my eyes to see what I can do with what I have. I know it's just a jar of oil. I know it's something little, but there's a lot I can do with it. Uh, so, Father, open my eyes to see what I can do with my five loaves and two fish. Open my eyes to see what I can do with it. Open my eyes to see what I can do with it. Open my eyes to see what I can do with it. Open my eyes to see what I can do with little opportunities. Somebody's complaining, I need bigger opportunities. And God is saying, maximize this one. For he that is faithful in little, more is added. He that is faithful in little, more is added. And in the same vein of prayer, somebody, and wants you to begin to pull down the stronghold of excuses over your life in the name of Jesus. Pull down excuses, pull down arguments on your mind in the name of Jesus. Whatever excuse has kept something in the same place, has kept the situation the same way. Uh, today we receive grace to snuff out life out of those excuses, to reject those excuses. Somebody make up your mind in this place this morning as we pray. My spouse will no longer be my excuse. My parents will no longer be my excuse. Government will no longer be my excuse. I'm leveraging the greatest government. God of the universe. Somebody speak to God today. Speak to God today. Speak to God today. Speak concerning certain areas where there has been stagnation. And declare in the name of Jesus, I reject every excuse that has kept things in the same place in those areas. I believe, I choose to believe in possibilities. I choose to believe in possibilities. I choose to believe in possibilities. choose to believe in possibilities. Thank you, Jesus. And lastly, will you ask for courage to build kingdom values at all times, even in the face of pressure? You see, we've, we've talked about challenging ourselves to be creative, but it's not out of the boundary of kingdom values. I want you to lift your hand now, receive grace. Lord, in my creativity, I will not turn against you.
in my creativity, I will not become a cheat. In my creativity, I will not use just worldly wisdom. I will engage the wisdom that's from above. I will engage the wisdom that's from above. Somebody lift your voice and pray right now. As I engage my, your creative DNA in me, I refuse to step out of kingdom values. In the face of pressure, I will leverage God's creativity rightly in the name of Jesus. Somebody receive that grace right now. Receive that grace right now. Receive that grace right now. My God will stand you out in your industry. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You will engage the blessing of the Lord and make rich and add no sorrow. In the name of the Lord Jesus. It will come as the wisdom of God. As God's creative ability working within you. In the precious name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Somebody under the influence of my voice, it's like you suffered something, maybe a major setback or failure, and it dealt a great blow at your creativity. And since then, you have been struggling. You've not been able to pull yourself out of it. You know, it's like somebody having what they call writer's block or something like that. Maybe because you wrote a book and it didn't fly. And since that time, you have not been able to write any other thing. That's a kind of situation, similar situation I'm talking about. There's somebody, you created something and you felt this will blow in the market or whatever. And then you pushed it and it fell through the cracks. And it just decimated your capacity for creativity. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. Because I believe there's restoration in this service. Yeah. In Ezekiel 37, God took Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones and asked him a question. Son of man, can this bone leave? Ezekiel said, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. I can see it. It's lifeless. I feel I'm not creative. I feel I can't get any solution out of this. But I believe that's what we pray right now. Somebody, the breath of God, the inspiration of the Almighty, because the Bible says there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. And that understanding manifests itself as unusual creativity to break out. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak as I've been commanded. I decree, let your life awaken creativity in the heart of your people. Anyone whose creativity has been stifled. I command it loose right now in the name of Jesus. I command the flow of the wisdom of God into your heart like never before. I decree the heavens are open over your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are the one that's at work within us to will and to do of God's good pleasure. I ask right now for a divine activation. A divine activation. A divine activation. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. I decree over you unusual creativity. You're stepping out of whatever has capped your creativity. We decree right now the cap is removed. The cap is removed. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. In the precious name of Jesus. We take our creator's DNA confession right now together. If you've been in church for, I mean, for, the, for this month, you should have been a part of taking this in a couple of the services. It's available on our website, on social media. You can get it. It's something that you should confess to yourself, you know, regularly also, just to stir up your creativity. I want to say this after me. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm, a child of God. I'm created in God's image. I'm in God's and after his likeness. Therefore, Therefore, as God is the creator, I am also a creator. I'm full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. And the inspiration of the Almighty gives me understanding. I am creative. I am innovative. I'm a pioneer. The spirit of a pioneer is stirred up within me. And I deliver uncommon solutions to the problems of my generation. I am not a weakling. I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. Every day and in every way, I'm stronger in wisdom and divinely curated ideas and inspirations come to me. I excel in matters of wisdom about which I will be examined. Like Daniel, I distinguish myself above my peers. I see clearly. The Holy Spirit teaches me all things and I walk in prompt obedience. I renew my mind from all negative influences and I receive God's strength in my inner man. I can never be stranded. I break the hold of limiting thoughts and any satanic siege over, over my life is terminated. My mind is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I do not have the spirit of fear. I am bold. I, ha I am bold. Have the spirit of love. I have peace. And my mind is sound. To produce outstanding results in every area of life. To the praise of God Almighty. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Are you blessed today? Come on, somebody celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Give somebody a high five. Tell them you are creative. Say you are innovative. Say solutions are coming out of you. Say you cannot be stranded. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seat. Celebrate Jesus as you take your seat. Very quickly, as we start to shut down the service gradually, uh, before we take our offerings and welcome our guests and, uh, and close down, I just want to quickly say a last prayer in this service. And that's for somebody who may be saying, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Or somebody who may be saying, I said the prayer before, but I backslid into sin, and I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. If you are the one I'm talking about, whether you are here in this room or you are online joining us from any part of the world, I want you to open up your heart to God right now as you give him the opportunity to come into your life afresh. For those of us in the room, just for the privacy of the moment, can you please just bow down your heads as we pray with our brothers and sisters who need to make a decision. So if you're right here in the room and you're saying, I want Jesus in my life. I don't want a casual relationship. I want to come into a covenant with God. I want to submit my life to Jesus. Or somebody was saying, I gave my life to Christ before by backslid into sin, and I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I'd love for you to just lift your, your right hand above your head. I'm going to pray with you right where you are. I'm going to pray with you, but just lift your right hand above your head. I'm going to pray with you right where you are. God is going to come into your life, and you will not be the same again. And if you are lifting your hand, I want you to do it well. You are lifting it to Jesus, the Savior, the Savior the Savior. That's who you are lifting your hand to. God will start something new in your life and you will never be the same again. Whether you are at the back or in front, it doesn't matter. Just lift your right hand above your head. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. If you are online, please go to the chat or comment and let us know I'm giving my life to Jesus or I'm rededicating my life to Jesus and this same prayer is applicable to you. Uh, if you are lifting your hand, I want you to lift it well. I just want to say a blessing over you. God will start a new work in your life and you will never be the same again. You'll never be the same again. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. If your hand is up, can you stand by your chair right there? Just stand by your chair right there. Don't move. Just stand by your chair right there and let's pray together. Just stand by your chair right there and let's pray together. Stand by your chair right there. Stand where you are. I'd love to pray for you. Just stand where you are. Praise God. If you are online, please go to the comment or chat and let us know that you're making a decision. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. Just stand where you are and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. If you're standing, I want you to just say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every uh, unrighteousness. Say, today, I stand to acknowledge you as my Lord 
and my personal Savior. I open my heart to you. Fill it with your spirit and give me a new beginning with you. I declare that I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I will live the rest of my life loving you and serving you. Thank you for your grace coming upon me afresh. In Jesus' name. If you just said a prayer with me, our ministers are around you. They will beckon on you. I want you to please follow them just for a couple of minutes and you'll be back with us in the service. God will begin a good work in you. He will perfect it and the name of Jesus will be glorified in your life. In Jesus' precious name. Uh, I want you to put your hands together, celebrate everyone making a decision today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise. Come on. Come on. Let's do it very well. Let's do it very well. Hallelujah. And if you are blessed today, also celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.